Welcome back to the Torchbearers Podcast, where we are carrying the testimonies of Jesus from generation to generation to uncover the depths of God's nature, character, and values. We pray that in each episode, the Holy Spirit inspires greater expectation of God's active presence in our lives. In Christ, we are loved, worthy, and qualified to know the Father and receive the good things He has for us. Let's jump in. Welcome back, everybody, to episode two of season two of the Torchbearers podcast. We are in a mini-series, Lauren told us during pre-meet, called the Hometown Heroes. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be hearing from some of Lauren's friends from her hometown. Uh, And that brings me to introduce to you our very special guest, Kendall. Hello. Hello, we're so excited to have you. And as usual, we have our lovely co-host and producer, Lauren. What's up, everybody? And classically, we also have my son, Brave, in the booth. He is uh, having a great time playing with some toys, so you might hear his little noises of delight. But um, don't let it distract you from what God is doing. And I'm so excited to hear what Kendall has to say. Lauren, would you tell us a little bit about how you know Kendall? So I met Kendall at Pizza Inn in fifth grade. Pizza Inn. <laughs> and our moms set up a hangout because Kendall just moved to our town and was like, you guys should all be friends. And the rest is honestly history. Um, I could talk about Kendall for a very long time. She's one of my oldest friends. Um, and she's one of my sister's best friends. And so I've gotten to hang out with her throughout most of my life, which is incredible. And Kendall is somebody who I always looked up to in high school. She was one of the few of my friends that I feel like never wavered in her faith and just loved God and always pointed me towards Jesus. Even on days that I was a bratty little ninth grader in basketball, Kendall loved me and always applied the love of Jesus to my life. Um, And I knew Kendall was just one who was after God. And so as we were talking about this podcast, I knew that I had to have Kendall Maxwell on, Kendall Maxwell Martin on here because she is one who has shown me um, Jesus time and time again, and I know you'll be encouraged by her story. And so, Kendall, I know I just hit a bunch of random stuff how I know you, but please introduce yourselves to our audiences. Yeah, hi, my name is Kendall. Um, I, um, yes, I love Lauren Emery. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so honored that she asked me to be here. Um, Yeah, I am in physical therapy school um, in Jonesboro, Arkansas, where I live. And yeah, I am about halfway done with that. So I'll finish up here in the next year or so. Um, I just got married in May. My husband, Will, he's the best. And yeah, it's really all we have going on in life right now. So (laughs) do you have a dog yet? Still, No dogs. No dogs (laughs) yet. We're we're on the hunt, though. Uh, Georgia's not coming over? No, she's like, (laughs) yeah, my backyard's not big enough for that dog. (laughs) Shout out to Mama J. I tried. Yeah. That's so awesome. Well, let us know how your dog hunt continues. But in the meantime, we would love to share your story and how you know God. Yeah, I'd love to. So um, kind of on the backstory, like I have always felt just this attachment to the word redeemed. Um, It's never really, never really been able to explain it or understand it exactly. I just loved the word especially after I found out what it means. So um, it has kind of a dual meaning. It means to gain or regain possession of something in exchange for a payment. So kind of how um, Jesus died on the cross, redeemed us from our sins, Mm -hmm. um, paid that price 
you know? Um, and it also means like to compensate for the faults and bad aspects of, so it's like, um, not only is he regaining possession of us, he's also making up for where we have failed and he's making us perfect and whole. Um, so I just love, I just love it. So, um, I was saved when I was six years old, um, super, super young, but like, I fully believed that I knew what was happening. I fully believe I understood kind of what the Lord had done for me and that I needed to have a relationship with him. Um, but being so young, like kind of, what do you do with that next? And so I, I didn't really know what it looked like to walk with Jesus and to, um, be in that committed relationship with him because I mean, I just, I was so young and so I just didn't fully grasp that aspect of it. And so later that kind of caused me to doubt and kind of wonder if I was saved, if I had done all of this right. And, um, yeah, I always kind of wondered, you know, is there, is there more I need to do? Because I feel like when I was saved, my life didn't really change all that much because I was so young and I was still going to church and doing all the things. And so, it just felt like I had missed it up and like I needed to perfect it and make it um, whole again, I guess. Um, so fast forward, I moved from Georgia to Arkansas when I was 10 years old. And that was the first time in my life that it kind of anything in my life had shifted up until that point. It had been just very solid and mm-hmm. stable. Nothing was changing. Um, and so it was the first time I really had to like rely on the Lord. And honestly, like my faith was not ready to do that. And so it kind of caused me to enter a pretty dark time. Um, and so when I entered the youth group, I kind of felt like I was just in this black hole, I guess you could say. And like, I didn't know which way was up. And so the Lord placed some really influential people into my life, um, to kind of lay a foundation for me to be able to rely on. Um, and from those people, I learned so much about who God is and what to follow him. And like I said, they created this stability for me that I really needed at that time. Um, so kind of aside from youth group, the rest of high school was pretty rough. I always felt like I was trying to put on this show of perfection. Like I had everything together um, and like I was walking with and trying to and uphold this, you know, image of perfect Mm -hmm. Christianity. Um, But truthfully, like internally, I was so bogged down by just insecurity and failure and feelings of unworthiness. Um, And I think like the relationship I was in at that time really added to those feelings as well. Um, I kind of felt like, you know, I was trying to make this relationship look perfect on the outside because I wanted it to glorify God and bring him you know, glory, but, uh, truthfully it was only just like derogatory and just making me feel like I was, um, not worth it. Like I wasn't going to be enough and like I had failed, mm-hmm. um, that kind of contributed to that, you know, I guess that area of my life where I was like, I still have to put on this perfect image and I still have to perfect, um, my faith in my life because like it's not made whole yet. Um, I kind of also tried to fill that hole, um, with missions as well. Um, and I was always like going on mission trips and trying mm-hmm. to, um, do things for other people that I felt like would make me look better, I guess, or make, or I just kind of felt like it was what I was supposed to do. And like, 
I was trying to earn God's love and trying to um, put on this show that I felt like was what God had called me to do, I guess. Um, Yeah, I felt like I was trying to please God, earn his love, and make myself for him to save. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of at this time, I was kind of starting to come out of that. I was kind of just kind of done, honestly, with the perfectionism. I was tired of the show, and I was tired of trying so hard to make everything look like I had it together. And so when I was a senior, I chose a college in Nashville, trying for a fresh start, trying to get away from everything that Mm -hmm. I had known, the people that I felt like were pressuring me, even though it was only me doing it. Um, And so, yeah, so my freshman year college in Nashville, and I truly was just running away from everything. I was trying to get away, get a start. Um, And that year I learned a lot about who God is, how he is constant when we're not. And mm-hmm. um, so many things about how he just continues to provide for us and continues to um, sustain us in times when we are, you know, desperate and just on our own. Yeah. Um, so after that year, I transferred back home to Jonesboro um, and kind of began to create a new identity for myself kind of in the Baptist ministry on campus. Mm-hmm. Um and and a few other things. And then those things all also started to fall apart. And mm-hmm. so, um, again, utilizing things around me to try and create a perfect image of a good Christian, and they all start to fall apart. And so that's kind of when I started to realize, look, I cannot place my worth and my value in things that are going to fail me. And yeah. I'm not going to be able to maintain this image because it'll fall apart because it's not stable because it's not the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so after that, um, I kind of, you know, mean the Lord kind of had a hard heart, like, God, how do I, what does it look like to follow you? How do I do that well? How do I do that and put my, you know, my work, my value in you so that it's stable, right? And so kind of in that time, I was seeking that out. I wasn't focusing on really anything else. And, um, I met my husband. And so I kind of felt like he was the first person in my life. I felt like wasn't trying to like fix me. I felt like he could see through all of my show and all of the perfectionism that I was trying to portray. And he just saw me for me. And, um, I kind of, I know other people in my life would say that they saw through that, but I, I felt like he was the first person who let me know that. Um, was like I like I see you for who you are and I'm not I'm not looking at the show that you're putting on um and I also in addition to that like I wasn't trying to utilize him for this perfect show I just let myself love and be loved by him mm-hmm. um and so he was such a great example for me of unconditional love from Jesus um so because of that, I began to realize that my worth and my value is found in Jesus and what he did for me and absolutely nothing else. Um, I feel like kind of in my life when something terrible happened or something, you know, fell apart, that my world was absolutely rocked and I never felt stable or secure in who God was. And I just never really let that be enough. Um, I was always searching for something to kind of make up for my flaws and my insecurities, and my failures. Um, and it never, never worked. And so that is the beauty of redemption, um, 
is that I will never be able to be enough on my own. And I'll never be able to make up for the things that I'm lacking. And um, Jesus comes and he steps in and he says, I'm going to pick up these pieces and I'm going to draw them to me and I'm going to make them beautiful and whole. Um, yeah. So looking back on my life, I can see where each time I felt like my life was falling apart and was in shambles. The Lord just drew me back and reclaimed possession of my heart and made up for where I had failed him. Um, he redeemed me every time. And it's just really cool to be able to see, uh, his hand and how he guided and protected when um, I was trying to do things and out. Um, kind of the last thing I wanted to share um, for now is um, one of my favorite verses is Hebrews four fifteen and 16. Um, and it says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And I think like kind of connecting that to my story is it's just so comforting to know that in my weakness and in my failure, like I can come to him with boldness and with confidence, knowing that he has experienced what I've experienced and he's never going to fail me because I messed up. He is going to continue time after time to redeem me because it's a process and it's not just a one time, you know, boom, that's your one shot. It's a, it's an everyday type of thing. And I just um, really love that about God. So yeah, I guess that's my story. That's so beautiful. Wow. I, what was that verse in Hebrews, Hebrews four? Yeah. 15 and 16. Hebrews four, 15 and 16. That's so beautiful. <laughs> For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You're, you're totally spot on, Kendall. Like That is so comforting to know that the high priest who is interceding on our behalf before the father for us like day and night he mm -hmm. has been through the human experience so he like knows what to pray for he knows more than we do what we need and it that like that totally does give us this confidence in approaching the father knowing that Jesus our high priest has already gone before us even to the father i think that's such a cool thing to think about yeah yeah um your story just blew me away. Yeah. I like, yeah. I feel like I've known like parts of it throughout life, but I feel like I've never gotten to hear you like tell your story and like who you, no. like from your perspective, because I feel like I saw a lot of it and yeah. like, I've heard a lot of it, but I feel like I never got into like sit down and be like, tell me your story. Right. Yeah. So that was cool just to listen to that. Like you lived it with me, but in your, if you hear it in your own words, it's like a different, whole different perspective. It's yeah. yeah. I love about people. I, th I think I love, too, how you started out with, like, the definition of redeem. Was it redeem or redeemed? Redeemed. It was Pest. redeemed. <laughs> yeah, I just think I, I love, like, what I gathered from that was it, it takes a price to pay to redeem something. And, and we know that that price was Jesus dying on the cross. And also the redemption is unto, like, total wholeness like mm -hmm. body soul and spirit like everything yep. that needs to be made right has been made 
right and it was and it was for a price like I don't know just the idea that God really did pay a price to make us whole again and I I love how that played out in your story um especially the what resonated with me um I come from like a super performance background like that's just how I grew up in like so much performance and that I totally like saw myself in your story when you were like yeah I was just putting on a show and I was like oh man like I totally get that and then God was like slowly but surely revealing to you how to be your authentic self before him and I love that that happened in stages like mm-hmm. that the 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 bad relationship that you were in, you were like, this isn't it. Like, I know this isn't it. So like he was, he was starting to tell you. And then Mm -hmm. later on, as you like continue through life and eventually meet Will, your husband, how he showed you the unconditional love of Christ and like sees through the show. And I just think that speaks so much to how the father, like he sees through our show. Like He's like, (laughs) I don't need your show. I don't want your show. I've paid a price to actually know the authentic you. And the real mm-hmm. you, and that's what, and that's who he, that's who he loves. That's who he died for. And mm-hmm. I think your story, Kendall, is so full of hope and encouragement for people who are feeling that perfectionism that you were experiencing, and and that pressure to like display something when on the inside you're like, I still feel gross or I still feel unworthy or you know whatever it is was there like a moment or like a time when you're like God has redeemed me or is it just like through the process of (laughs) Jesus using will like do you like remember a time being like this is what living redemption is yeah honestly like I think it was just more of a process than anything like always like I said I always loved that word and what it meant and I would just I think throughout my life, God just kind of revealed, like, this is what it means and this is how it plays out in your life. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, honestly, not until recently that I had this whole uh, revelation about how he had redeemed me through all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think it's been just a lifelong process of, like, this is how redemption out in life. Um, what that looks like and this is what you do, you know, in response yeah. to that. What is life like now, knowing that Jesus is your redeemer in all situations? I know you talked yeah. about it a little bit, but like just like when those feelings start coming up of like perfection or like unworthiness and stuff, like how does Redeemer Jesus play into it now? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, um, more recently I have been trying to kind of learn more intentionally what it means to walk with the Lord and what it means to allow that redemption to encapsulate every aspect of my life, not just, you know, my perfectionism, not, you know, whatever else, but kind of letting that bleed into all aspects of life and learning how to, um, you know, let that just be enough for me and not have to, not having me to add to, you know, what the Lord has done because that's what he has done is way more than I could ask. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think kind of, um, in the most simplest, um, way, like my grandfather always said, um, we'll be careful to give him the glory, honor, and praise. And I think that now kind of learning about the Lord's redemption and what that looks like in life, um, just the simplest form of walking with the Lord is letting 
him be glorified by your life. And so um, I just love that my grandpa always said that. And so mm-hmm. I'm kind of allowing that to be the anthem of my life from this, from here on out is I'm going to give him the glory, honor and praise, no matter what is going around, like, on around me, no matter what instability I feel like I'm facing mm-hmm. and um, just allowing him to be enough and without me adding to it. Wow. I was thinking about, um, like those that are redeemed, like know they're redeemed and they show it like, and so like that yes. still goes into it. Like I'm thinking about the story of the woman at the well, who mm-hmm. like through all of her ish, like approached Jesus and Jesus, like, you know, read her mail and was like, but like, you know, like you're redeemed now. Like if you choose me as your savior and then she like runs through the streets yeah. and like tells others. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. I feel like that's living in like the glory of God, but also like knowing who you are, like, like mm-hmm. you are redeemed, like that's who you are now. Cause like that woman, I think had like six husbands, six husbands, five, five husbands, maybe? five or something six. The one you are with now is not your husband. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, like she, she had some stuff going on yeah. and like, she like then was like no like I'm free and it's like even thinking about culture back then like that was not normal like no. she had so much shame and guilt and she's like no but like there's a man greater and so it's like yeah. doing in the words of your sweet grandpa like giving him all the glory like that's the way like we show our redemption too yeah I think it's so cool that you can see in people like when they are released from those things at the past mm-hmm. not feeling like they have to hold on to those anymore yeah. like freedom that they live in and they walk in like you said is so tangible and I just love the Lord man (laughs) yeah I feel like this is so something that's on your life Kendall like not only have you experienced the redemption of God I think you will for the rest of your life one Mm -hmm. two I think you are someone who will teach others like what it's like to be redeemed by the Lord like I don't know why I just feel like I see you as such a leader especially among women teaching them how how to be redeemed and how to walk knowing that they're redeemed. Like Lauren, you said that example of the woman at the well, I'm even thinking of um, slavery. Like when, when slaves were redeemed, when they were bought, they like their, their freedom was bought and you can just like even imagine the Jubilee and the tangibleness of them, like running through the streets being like, I am free. And I feel like Kendall, that's what your life kind of proclaims and I think you'll <laughs> teach others how to do that too that's really oh, cool thank you that's so Kendall's sweet. such a good teacher I remember yeah. you teaching like our bible studies or something in high school and doing like our basketball devo one time <laughs> Kendall's just so great yeah can you speak Kendall I'm gonna put you on the spot here and ask you another question but can you speak to that confidence that you experience now in like approaching the father because you know that you have a high priest that has paid a high price to redeem you like in Hebrews 4 yeah I think um kind of one of another different aspect that I love about Jesus is that he sympathizes he's been through all of the things experienced um and so um we don't have to you know wonder if Oh, is there somebody else who's walked through these things? Is there somebody else who knows what I'm feeling? Because he does and he experienced it. And um, I think through that, that gives us, you know, it's just like if somebody, you know, a friend of yours is like walking through something that you have been through, you can be like, oh, like, here's, here's what I did. Like, let me Mm -hmm. help you. 
that's what Jesus does for us. And I think that that gives me such a sense of confidence and boldness to come to him with things that I'm struggling with and that are hard. Um, and saying like, here, God, like, here's something I'm going, like, I'm struggling with, please help me, like, take this off my plate and show me how to walk with you through it instead of me trying to, you know, perfect it or try to make it look nice on the outside, fix, fix it. Like you show me what it looks like to, um, to walk through this in a godly manner. That's really good. Yeah. I was like processing that. Yeah. <laughs> what a good nugget. <laughs> so good. Um, you've kind of already talked about this, but I know like part of your story is you said like you felt like you kept like running from like the things in your past and like mm-hmm. running really hard to like look perfect. And like, I'm sure that felt tiring. Like yeah. when do you feel like you're able to get off that bus? Where like, is it still a process? Like, obviously that's probably a lifelong process. Like, you know, being a part of the church and just doing different things. But like, like how do you feel like you've been able to stop running or like, since you've recognized that I'm sure you've had some revelation of that season. Yeah. So, um, I think like you said, it is definitely a process that it is still, you know, something I try to work through every single day. Like I said, kind of that freshman year of college was really eye opening, just in teaching me about the consistency and the, um, this like the way that the Lord sustains us through different things and kind of those lessons of just the Lord providing for me each and every day um, kind of mellowed out my need to run, if that makes any sense. And so it made transferring home and kind of facing the past thing that I struggled with. um, It made that so much more easy because I felt the Lord was going to, you know, sustain me and walk me through it, you know, um, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like his his provision like filled filled you up. I feel like you know it's like a car. Like when you're running on empty, you feel like you got to go faster mm-hmm. because you got to get to the gas station. Mm-hmm. But it's like when we're filled with the spirit and with his like provision, like we don't have to. Like I think about like Romans eight that talks about like we were once you know orphans and like living in that like orphan mindset. But then like the love of the f- I'm not I'm butchering this is not word by word but then the love (laughs) the love of God meets us and like we now call Abba Father and it's like if you go if you just need encouragement in this season about like how to stop performing or like whatever to our listeners like just go camp out in Romans 8 because it's like it's so good like there's no fear (laughs) combination like we are one in Christ Jesus like he is our father like we are no longer in the slave mindset and like we don't have to perform anymore because we know that and so it's like it's his perfect love that like sets us up for that and so I think like that's just what I was reminded of when you're talking about that like once we know who we are like we don't have to feel like we have to keep running because we just get to sit with him and that's his favorite thing. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> wow. It's like, so like something that I think I've said this on here, but something that like blew my mind about like performance and stuff was like, I always felt like I had to earn the love of God. But somebody mm-hmm. one time in college was like, Lauren, like God likes you and he loves you. And yes. Yeah. Like that changed everything for me was like when God, when it was like, God likes you, like he like enjoys being around you. Like he thinks mm-hmm. you're so 
funny and funny no I'm not funny but he thinks you're so no, good that's so good and like he like just enjoys like how he made you and like he, and he like also loves you so much that like he sent his son to die on the cross like that's how dire he was for a relationship like he didn't yeah. die for you to become his slave but he died for you to become his daughter Reach it. yeah it's mm. so, like when I think about oh. that I'm like <laughs> oh my Pop off. gosh Pop off. No, uh, oh, yeah. Brave. Hey, Brave. Kendall, what would you say to someone? One moment. What would you say to someone <laughs> who, like, is in a similar situation to you? Like, where they were in that perfectionism and the running? Mm. What do you have to say? Yeah. <laughs> what would you say to someone who, like, was in a spot similar to where you were and needs to know? God is our redeemer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, you know, my, my humble piece of advice is that you do not have to be perfect. The Lord has never once asked you to be perfect. And he's never asked you to, um, you know, put on a show that you look like you have everything together because you don't and nobody does. Um, and that's kind of what is so cool about um the lord in christianity is that our in our vulnerability and in our weakness is when he's made strong and that's when he shines the best and he's glorified the most is when um, people can see kind of um, where we were weak and god made up for that and was um strong through us if that makes any sense but i think um yeah you, you don't have to be perfect i think is my best advice is that you just be who god has created you to be and walk in relationship with him the best that you can. And that is enough for you and for him. Um, I, Oh, that was loud. Sorry. I don't know if that was loud for you. It was loud for me. Um, somebody, uh, at the beginning of your story, you talked about like the community that you had in youth group and how they were kind of like solid people in your mm -hmm. life. Um, how do you think that's impacted your walk with Lord, like community and mentors and friends and people speaking in to that part of you that desire to be a perfectionist. Do you Great have any question. stories about that? Yeah. So my, um, that specific community for me, like laid such an important, you know, stability in that time of my life. And, um, I think kind of through that, it has shown me just the importance of community. And so in every season of life, you know, um, honestly, specifically in the seasons I kind of talked about, I did not have community. And mm -hmm. so looking back now, I see the importance of it. And so that's something I've really tried to kind of create for myself or not for myself, create <laughs> um, with God's help. Um, and more recently in my life is building biblical community and um, people who will pour into me and love on me well. Um, because that is another aspect of it is they, they show their vulnerability. I show my vulnerability and we're all just not perfect people all together learning mm -hmm. how to love better. Um, and yeah, I think that is, that would be another piece of advice I have for somebody is find biblical community and find community who will uplift you and, um, support you and love you well. Amen. I love community. <laughs> Great advice. <laughs> Good advice. Um, <laughs> Can, yeah, I was just thinking, I was like, we were in the same youth group for a while, which was such a blast. Um, such a blast. I know. I saw Kendall, I think I saw you like six days a week. Yeah, every day, <laughs> except Saturday sometimes. Um, Kendall's family's like basically my cousins. Like, because yeah. we literally call your mom and dad, Mama J, and I don't, I just call your dad Dr. Jim, but. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and our moms are best friends, so. But I hang out every day. Yeah. Uh, sorry, side note. Super I was cute. just thinking back to, like, some of our youth group, like, our youth group initiation and stuff. And so, oh, just thinking yeah. about those lovely times together. Um, cool. Kendall, for our audiences, would you pray for just, like, the characteristic of God, the Redeemer, or, like, whatever you feel like is on your heart to pray for people that are listening to this? Um, yeah. Yeah, would you close us in prayer, and then we'll say a few Thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll close and yeah, take us yeah, in prayer. Um, hey God, thank you so much just for the opportunity to be here and um, to have a conversation about who you are um, and just get to share um, your glory that has been made apparent through my life, God. And I just pray that anybody who's listening would um, kind of would feel your presence in that God and would be drawn to um, seek you out more. Um, Lord, I pray for the people who are kind of stuck in that perfectionism cycle and feel like they have to put on a show. I pray, God, that you would show them, um, you know, what it looks like to walk with you wholeheartedly, to walk with you um, with perfectionism. And um, I pray that they would learn what it looks like to um, let you be enough um, in their life. Um, We love you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And with that, it looks like we are all out of time for today. Kendall, we were so honored to be able to host you on the Torchbearers podcast. Thank you for joining us and for sharing your testimony of Jesus. I think it really will inspire a lot of hope for other people. And to our listeners, thank you. Thank you again for tuning in. We hope that you are encouraged that as children of God, you are loved worthy and qualified to know the father and receive the extravagant blessings he has in store for you come back next week to learn more about the nature character and values of god 